Welcome to Life and Godliness. I am your host, Joanna Simpson, otherwise known as Josim. So many of us are struggling, stuck, lost, wounded, and hopeless when Jesus came so we could be free and live an abundant life. He wants us to enjoy him and enjoy life. But how can we truly do this if we are bogged down by life's problems? Well, Life and Godliness with Josim hopes to help persons enjoy life with Christ by sharing Christ-inspired solutions to everyday problems and digging up deep-rooted mindsets that skew our perception of the Father. To quote a popular artist, life is hard, but God is good, and he's patient in our journeys. So join us as we talk about life and godliness. Welcome to Life and Godliness. Today, we have some special guests with me, and I'm so excited. Um, most of us are at home because of COVID, self-isolation, self-quarantine, um, and, you know, we have kids at home now, and we don't know what to do with our lives and ourselves and our children. And so I have invited my three experts, <laughs> homeschooler parents to uh, come on the show and just share with us, you know, um, some of what they have done, their own journeys, their struggles, how they cope. I mean, and we're all in this together. So welcome um, to Sarah Campbell, Ruth and Taylor and Cheyenne Gale. Hi, (laughs) thanks for having us. (laughs) It's so great to have you guys. I'm so happy. you know, to get all you get. The truth is, actually, from I was starting this program, you guys were, this was the first kind of episode I thought I would have had. Um, So actually, this one is long in coming. So I'm very happy that this is happening. All right, so I'm just going to ask each one of you to introduce yourself. Um, Just tell us a little bit about yourself, anything, and then also how you came to know the Lord. Okay, well, I can start. This is Sarah Campbell. I have been married for nine years to Sheldon Campbell, who is our pastor at Grace Family Church. Uh, we've had several uh, interviews with Grace Family Church people on this program before, so I'll just say that. Also, <laughs> I, I homeschooled my eldest child for about four years, but now he is in school at Emmanuel academy and i teach there also so that's what's happening with us at the moment okay Um, how is it that we i came to know the lord i grew up in a very christian home my father is a pastor my grandfather was a pastor and i was born and raised in christian life fellowship church and i came to know the lord when i was a small child around four years old and I was very involved in church after that and just came to a place in my teen years after some experimenting and going on crazy. <laughs> the Lord reminded me of who I was and I was able to just really own my faith for myself at that time. All right. Um, I'm Ruth Ann Taylor and I am married to Sean Taylor and... We have four kids, aging age range from um how old is Caleb ten to three or three to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one girl and three boys, and I have homeschooled them all, I guess, from they were from Caleb was two, 
and went to school for one term and uh, yeah we've traveled because of schooling so we've been in and out of the country and um yeah so i've been home since i've had kids for sure and uh, yeah we've homeschooled so, yeah that's us oh yeah I, i'm like sarah <laughs> i grew up in the church i joke i never have no pastor parents <laughs> um i had christian parents christian family raised in christian life fellowship and i came to know the lord some young age that I don't really remember. And in my teen years, that became more meaningful and true of my experience. I came to know more about the Lord. I spent more time with him, became more of my own faith as I walked and grew older. So yeah, I love Jesus. Love everything about him. Grateful for him. And yeah, that's me. Okay, thank you. And Cheyenne. I am Cheyenne. Um Yes, I'll follow suit with Ruthie and Sarah, married <laughs> to Mark Gale. I have three beautiful, wonderful kids. Absolutely, Becca. Who just walked into the room. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Can you just close that door for me? Thank you. <laughs> close it quickly. Bye. Bye, beautiful, wonderful child. Yes. So as I was saying, <laughs> um, I homeschool the three of them. I've been homeschooling for about three years maybe i would say mm-hmm. um the ages are my first child's a boy he's 11 and the other two are girls nine and seven and what else was i supposed to say oh how did i come to know the lord same with ruthie and sarah i mean grew up in a very christian home um but in my and came to know the lord very early in life but you know strayed somewhat and towards the latter end of my latter years of my teen years, I would say, um, I just recommitted my life to the Lord and made a decision to follow him wholeheartedly. Okay, nice. So we're just going to jump right in. I mean, as I said before, right now we're all, I mean, I have a toddler, so, you know, I'm a struggling mama, but, you know, with a toddler at home, <laughs> ah, okay, not struggling in Jesus' name, hallelujah. But, um, you know, just want to talk about, you know, just the different experiences. So from ages from toddler right up to like preteens, because I know that's the age range that we have here. Um, But just want to get an idea of how you guys started. How did you make the decision to homeschool? I think for me, I I didn't know I would necessarily homeschool, Mm -hmm. but I definitely wanted to be home with my kids. Mm -hmm. And... But as I, and one of the reasons, or several, there are several reasons that contributed to that. I had seen in um, growing up, I had seen mothers decide to stay home when their kids had reached to teen years because they had no relationship with them and they were now getting out of control. Mm. And so they chose to stay home. And then I had seen the other example of a mother who actually said, all right, fine, I'll stay home. And the difference, the type of relationship they had with their kids was, Mm-hmm. And I had done, you know, a lot of reading on the first seven years and how much, you know, it's good to pour into your children's life in those years and, you know, help them to be stable emotionally, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, I'd really love to do that. Now, where does homeschooling fit into that? What happened is I had kids back to back. And then, you know, eventually I ended up with four kids back to back. And... The reality is that um, school is really pricey. 
So for me to accomplish the goal of pouring into their lives, um, I, I didn't see how it could possibly occur with me being in a nine-to-five job, them going to school, and the stress involved in all of that. Um, I just didn't see how I would effectively do what I wanted to do in mm-hmm. terms of pouring out. And so it kind of, you know, from the beginning, it was like, okay, well, let's try this. Let's see how it goes. Um, it wasn't something that I ever, I have ever, and still ever walk into thinking, yeah, I got this. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still not at that. I got this ever. And this is how, after how many years? However many, I don't know how long, eight years, maybe. Eight <laughs> years. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's every year. It's a walking faith every single year. You know, it's been good, but it's not. It's not like a. You said that you had experts on this show and I just laughed because I'm like, what are you talking about? We're just like, you know, well, I am just a very flawed human being who is faithfully trying to walk out the loving and training of my children in a very deliberate way. Um, I think for me, homeschooling was more practical because of the stage of life that we were in at the time. So we were in missions, we knew to the mission for a couple of years. And uh, Isaiah was very young at that time, but we had started doing basic stuff with him, like letters and numbers and colors and that kind of thing. Uh, and then because we were in the missions field, we did a lot of traveling. So we used to do discipleship training schools and then carry them on missions on different nations and carry him everywhere that we went. So he was just bouncing along with us to India, Germany, all over the place. So it was more practical to homeschool him because of that. Then after that, my husband wanted to become a pastor. And so we did pastoral training, uh, which took us to Louisville, Kentucky for 10 months. And then after that, he did an internship in Jacksonville, Florida for nine months. And so as we moved up and down, I said, okay, we need to keep homeschooling because I wouldn't want to put him in school take him out, put him in school, take him out. That would be too much. So mm-hmm. especially with having Ruth and also homeschooling, I kind of just followed whatever she was doing. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> And uh, Isaiah and Ruth and daughter Eden are the same age. So I just say, oh, what did you do with Eden? And I just follow whatever she's doing. So it worked out like that. And since we've come home now and we've settled, we started the church, um, I thought it was a good time to put him in school now. But it was really cool in that time of coming home and settling that we had that year of doing uh, homeschool together, the three of us, and linking up on Fridays and Cheyenne planning all kind of different outings and activities. Cheyenne, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, you. <laughs> and so that was really fun. And I really missed that the most out of everything. How did I start homeschooling? I think that I have a very conflicting story, but mm-hmm. I think that the desire has always been there to homeschool. I don't know why exactly because, as I say, it's conflicting because I believe that a child should go to a big school. <laughs> like, I, you know, Andrew's prep where I went or Mona prep where Mark went and I just didn't like the small school thing, the homeschool thing. I was just so against it. But it's crazy because there was always a desire in me to teach my own kids. So I don't know. It's very conflicting. I'm very worried. I um, and when they were younger, I would teach them like, you know, between the ages of zero and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually the way we got into school was actually, I had kids back to back and 
my husband's mom was just like, why don't you send, you know, Xander out for a little bit so you have more time with the baby? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, nah. But what got me was when she said, oh, I'll pay for it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. And so that's how we started school. And then, you know, I really liked Portas at the time. And so um, it did naturally went and I got kind of just comfortable there. But I do believe that God put in me to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And so he rattled that ship somewhat. And so like I, you know, you know he told me, I remember it was a Christmas um, mm-hmm. basically that it was time to homeschool a new season and everything and so um, it was a lot of fear a lot of tears a lot of like what are you saying to me right now God mm-hmm. um, but it was weird because I still had peace about it it's the weirdest thing I can't really explain it mm-hmm. but yeah that's how I got to homeschooling mm. and then at that time other friends had just were on the same exact path, like pulling their kids from school and went to do the same thing. And it was, just, there were the same ages as my kids. And so it was like, God was just like, see, I even given you company to start, you know? <laughs> yeah. Then, um, yeah. Just walking around and it was pretty cool because as that family went back to school, he provided Ruthie and Sarah and just a great little community, you know? community what was the transition like in terms of um so after being accustomed to that routine of them going to school etc and them now shifting that routine um to now being at home what was that transition like for you it definitely was like me trying to figure out what worked the best for my family i went through where i let them still wear uniforms get up and <laughs> pretend like they're still going to school get on their uniform pack their lunch get their water bottle everything was ready for the day wow. and with the classes just like school <laughs> um and then eventually just realized okay the point of homeschool is to be more flexible you know yeah and i was stressing myself out with uniforms and stressing myself out with <laughs> making sure to pack lunch before you know just keeping like a whole routine going and slowly but surely, we got to normal clothes. And mm-hmm. where we, some days we didn't change out of our PJs. Some days had no clue what they're going to eat until it was time for lunch. And like, mommy, what were we going to eat? I'm like, oh, go and find grandma. She can give you something <laughs> to eat. You know, so it was definitely a transition of where I was very rigid originally to um, being much more flexible. Mm. I don't know, just growing. Even the curriculums, you know, starting off with certain curriculums because you know what you're used to and then researching and becoming more comfortable as you speak, like as I spoke to Ruthie or other homeschoolers and becoming more comfortable to choose a curriculum that actually works well for my family. So mm-hmm. it definitely was a transition. It wasn't like, oh, I got this. So, okay. So now I'm just kind of going to jump right into the meat of the matter. Mothers are at home. They normally work, but now they're at home with their kids. Um, they might be tearing out the hair. They don't know what to do. Um, they're used to, you know, <laughs> doing other things at work. And now they're at home 24-7 with their kids. Uh, what are some of the activities or, you know, let's just say, what are some of the tips, the initial tips that you would give them, you know, just starting out? Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead. I think a major tip is to laugh and to have fun Mm -hmm. um to keep the main thing the main thing you are their parent who you want you want to you know love them you want to encourage them you want to kiss them hug them 
um, in this corona time, like it's it's instability for you, but it's also instability for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been taken out of their routines, and that sometimes takes um, an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think parents have the opportunity in this time to be the stability for their kids. And so I would say, you know, keep the goal of whatever you do. Yes, schooling needs to be accomplished, but more than that parenting needs to be accomplished love stability in the home i think is something good to tackle Hmm. that's where i would start yeah okay and what does that look like on a practical level in terms of you know going through the day yeah i think depending on the age of your child Mm -hmm. i think for younger kids like i guess the two and the three-year-olds i would say engaging with them in meaningful ways like looking them in the eye talking to them you know, having them join you in doing different things. So if you have to make breakfast, which we all have to do, or you have to make lunch, like you all have to do things at some point in the day, you can involve them mm-hmm. in that task in a meaningful way where you're talking to them and you're, you know, giving them things. You know, children are always learning. People in general are always learning. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's doing that. There's making it, making a habit of hugging them several times for the day. Um, even as they wash their hands as they're little, you can wash hands with them. And, you know, yes, you're teaching them, but it's also touching them and engaging in them. And I feel like touch is really important. Kissing them is really important. You know, they may have different little tantrums or act out in certain ways because their whole routine has been pulled from under them. So I think, you know, those are some practical ways, like little games, puzzles, reading to them. I think that's the younger ones. And then the older ones, same, similar things, just at age level appropriate. Do stuff with them. It's easy for us to not, um, as parents, like, you know, just always look for that alone time. But make it like, okay, 15 minutes, let me just actually have a full conversation with you. Let me ask you what you think about this. Um... What are you doing? What are you reading? How are you enjoying that? What's that show you're watching? Let's watch it. Watch it with them for a few minutes. Make some purposeful interaction over it. Try to enjoy some times of laughter. Do something funny with them. Play a game outside. You know, like just try to be meaningful in the way you interact. Mm. And that's a good thing to, to hear because I guess like for me in terms of some of my expectations, it's like, okay, my child is here. Let's say he's awake for eight hours. I need to be engaging him at least six hours out of that eight hours. And so I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) what do I do? But what you're saying is really, you know, kind of including them in my natural routine, um, allowing us to do things separately, but ensuring that there are times of meaningful engagement. Yeah. And I think as a current teacher and then past homeschooler, one thing that we're finding is a lot of parents are freaking out because they feel like they need to have the same standards at school. And Mm. I think that's a false expectation that they have. That no teacher is expecting after the two weeks or however long this takes to get back the same student. Mm. It's just not possible. And so what when the teachers are sending out work and those kind of things, more to keep their minds stimulated and so that they don't start back at zero. But uh, everybody's going to have to do serious review and going over the topics and everything. So it's almost for the parents to take off that pressure to think that you need to send back this perfect student that has learned everything perfectly. No, it's more like Ruthan was saying, keeping them engaged at home so they're not sitting down like zombies all day. And that includes just you doing stuff with them, playing games with them. 
Yes, they will get their schoolwork that is sent to them from their teacher. You help them through that, but then you don't just leave them after. It's almost like you check it off and then move on. This is a great opportunity also to have family time, play games um, together after they get the work done. And another tip that I would say is to understand that every child is different. Um, there are some children who really thrive on structure. So I have one who really thrives on structure. And then I have a toddler who, when I say, come and sit down and do this, he's like, no, I want to play with my toys. Um, so, uh, you know, so I kind of have to go between the two of them. So start off the routine in the morning with the devotions, we sing songs, we read our Bible. We have prayer time, memory verses, all of that. And then I will send the older one to do his work that he gets from school. So he has his language, his math spelling. So he will go through that. The teachers have been sending videos that he watches alongside it. And then I will on the side with the little one, the little games for counting and coloring, count how many toys does he have, how many times he can jump, stuff like that. And then after that, after like I get through his basic, I will let him just play so I can focus on the older one. So the mm. thing with toddlers, you don't have to spend the whole day trying to make sure that they're sitting down in school. It's more just to remind them, hey, remember we learned about letters? What are these letters? It's literally like 15 minutes to just go through reminding them. And then after that, they can just have play time and have outside time. Today I had a little PE time. The two of them race each other. They did potato race. They did laps around the field that we have, jumping jacks, just anything to try to get rid of the energy that is wow. bubbling up inside. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> I, I never did it. They did it. <laughs> I just told them to do it. And they did it. And they came inside. They were tired. I just put the little one down for a nap after that. And then the older one went and played chess on the tablet with the computer. So... Just to structure it, for me, I like to get the serious part out of the way early when the brains are fresh, and then you can have the freelance after that. So even though a lot of bad is happening around us right now with this COVID-19, there's a lot of good that has come out of it, which I believe is, you know, um, the opportunity to have more family time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, you know, the schools are keeping them engaged with work and everything, but I'm glad that Sarah mentioned it, that it's not for them to feel stressed because I do see kids feeling or parents feeling stressed and kids feeling stressed. Like they're trying to keep keep the same school at school at home and it's impossible. But I would say, you know, try to be a little bit more flexible with your child, you know, don't try to get through everything, but take Mm. advantage of all these free resources that are popping up because of COVID-19. Like for example, you know, the other day, um, Cincinnati Zoo had a live experience with Fiona the hippo, who is supposed to be a world-renowned hippo. Um, and a lady named Science Mom is now having live science classes and these experiments and engineering challenges. You know, this is a time that they can experience something new. It doesn't have to be their same routine. They're going to go back to school. You don't want them to go back feeling worn out. This, is, this, is, this can be a time of refreshing for the entire family, you know? Yeah. And some people do have to work. Moms have to work at home. Um, dads have to work at home while homeschooling the kids. You know, a lot of these live things on Facebook or YouTube or whatever is happening are good ways to like engage the kids. That you don't even have to be there, you know, to engage them because the live stuff are engaging them. You know, and that could, could be your time to work while they do that. And then after, you could have 
meaningful time with them after. So yeah. you don't have to sit down educating them and then, okay, you know, you're worn out and you can't have family time after, you know. So mm-hmm. just saying, mm. utilize all the free resources that are popping up right now. Online, story online and, you know, people doing read aloads to kids and just there's so much to keep their brains active and alive. So... But how do I find these, I mean, you know, all of these resources? First of all, you know, with the internet, there are just so many free resources. Sometimes it feels so overwhelming. Oh, sure. (laughs) How do you... Like, which one to choose? Yes. How do you find and settle? You know, do you have a particular way or... We use whatever (laughs) Shan sent (laughs) me. I can't use all of what Shan sent me. Oh, my word. I don't use all of what I sent. All right. I think, you know what, my basic thing when it comes to kids and education, honestly, because I had children back to back, my homeschool world was very imperfect. Like the average person would look on my world and be like, your children are not being educated because, you know, we wouldn't finish a full year's curriculum. We, you know, you know, there's just a lot that happened. I was pregnant, sick, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. We're moving across country with a five week old baby after a C-section. Like, you know, it's just (laughs) kind of like a crazy world. Yeah. But um, in the midst of it, I kept my kids reading. And mm. I think sometimes we don't recognize the benefits of even just the simplicity of saying, well, I'm actually working right now and I cannot sit with my child. Okay, you're going to sit down and read for about an hour. Wow. Or for 45 minutes. I mean, the older kids can manage an hour, a chapter book or whatever. Like, you know, build a discipline in them to take in some reading material um, every day. They will get better and better at their whole process of reading. But it does something for a child because they, say they can read to learn anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with the internet world, they can now Google to learn most things. But reading really, like even in terms of questions, the pep, everything to do with pep right now really has to do with reading and comprehension. Okay. If you get your child to improve their reading skills and their understanding of the reading material they're getting, they are going to flourish. Hmm. So even going down to the basics, you can't keep up. This is too much. My workload from work is literally too much, much less to look at a child. Okay, well, create simple goals for yourself. Hmm. I'm like, simplify. Don't even try to enter this whole, okay, find this site and find this. There's read aloads online. You tell the child to sit there, this person is going to read a book to you instruction is sit down and listen and sometimes you think oh my child will never do it but you do it for two days and by day three they'll do it Mm, it takes training like you have to start somewhere set the goal that you want and over time they will come to expect okay well right now is the reading time and i'm gonna just sit and read or right now is that i have to play with my toys time and so i have to stay and play with my toys you know you don't have to abandon them be purposeful in what you tell them to do even if uh, it's nothing, you know, super amazing. The simple goals of reading, the simple goals of coloring, you know, it may not be a, an A says, ah, but a coloring sheet will develop for the younger ones. They're fine motor skills. So you mm-hmm. give them something to color and you're good to go. They don't have to stay in the lines. They don't have to anything like they're using the muscle and so they'll be good. They'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes simplifying it a little so that you understand that, yeah, they're not going to be broken. <laughs> they can't be broken in this time. Ah, I think but, that's um, it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sarah. No, I was just going to jump in to say in terms of the books, 
obviously everybody don't have a lot of books but as Ruth was saying the online resources uh, there is uh, an app called Epic that uh, children can read books on so that's the Epic app you can look at Thank also you. there is a website called Z Library mm-hmm. that my husband just discovered that you can download uh, books for free in PDF form so if it is the child has a tablet or some kind of device, you could download it and then they just read it from there. So they have a lot of children's books that you could just look up on Z Library and then download it. And they can be reading throughout this time and even set them a little goal that, you know, if you read through this amount of books in the week, then you'll get a prize or, you know, different little targets that can keep them motivated. Mm, okay. So, so what about this screen time? Now, um, for me, all right, when I read, you know, you said, it says the doctors say no more than one hour screen time. So for a long time, I struggled with, and when I say a long time, this is within two years, you know, well, if my child has more than one hour screen time, well, I'm really a bad parent and it's going to mash up his brain and, you know, it's going to mash up his future. Um, what's, what, what are your takes on it? Well, my children would be dead if that had <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not like a TV person or a device person either, but I feel like it's really dependent on your need. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can, it has their apps out there that are really very good. Yeah. Um, they can take you through phonics and teach your child from beginning to end. There are math apps that do the same thing. Um, there are science videos and science things that, you know, it can be very educational. We all grew up on TV, so tablet time is not just, you know, we, we grew up on TV all summer. I watch TV from morning till night. <laughs> um, I'm not dead. Mm-hmm. So the reality is, I think it's more, we have to take the reins as parents and make sure that what they are putting into their mind is not just free reign. Yeah. But I think don't leave them on it all day for sure. But be purposeful. There's so many resources out there right now. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. so many resources. Okay, in the week, let's only the educational content. That's a way that you can approach it. Okay. Um, you know, you can only watch. Okay, there for the young, there's Magic School Bus. There's you know, Sid the Science Kid. There's you know, all these things. Wildcats. There's all these different you know shows for kids that they can watch. And it's not going to suck all their brain cells. And after a while, I find that even with the educational stuff, they get bored of it and they get up and they leave and they go play with their toys. That's true. Um, so they're not going to stay there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I don't know. I'm not really a big, like, stickler. I mean, my kids in the week usually don't watch any devices at all. Yeah. And they do it on the weekends. But now that we're all home and they don't have their swimming and they don't have their football and, you know, all their other extracurriculars, I'm like, well, in the evening, after we take some outside time, you can take an hour of it or, you know, it's not really, I don't stick to the hour. It's not so yeah. rigid. It's like, take some time, unwind. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think uh, for me, I see a little relation between the watching in park more than the playing the apps, like sitting down and watching shows back to back, I find that it affects my toddler's behavior. So that is my only thing I have to be cautious about. Because when he gets into this almost little zone, like a little zombie, of just wanting to watch, 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 <laughs> then he starts to almost puzzle. 
So yeah. I can't have him do too much um, of that. But as Ruthan was saying, that the activities and stuff actually engage him a lot. You'll hear him talking back to the tablet and, you know, saying about the numbers and stuff. So if it is that you can get the child to more engage in those kind of apps, then I think that would be more beneficial. And then to separate it, as Ruthan was saying, that you can have your downtime where you can watch something, but maybe when it is that it's time you want them to do educational stuff, you make that clear that, okay, now we're going to be doing educational stuff and separate it almost from their leisure time um, so they understand the limits and the use of the tablet. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with these girls. I don't think that it is as Claire Cutter saying um, one hour a day because there are a lot of educational resources, but I do do the same thing that Rusi does in terms of in the week we only do educational things. Um, yeah. And on the weekend, they'll get, you know, it's a bit more free reign to do, to unwind. Mm-hmm. Um, now with COVID-19, life has changed drastically because we usually do activities every day, like ballets, you know, football, that sort of thing. Um, and so they don't have it. But what I've found is that because we live in a community um, with their cousins, and so they have ample time to go outside and figure out life. So they still don't necessarily need the TV to unwind right now. Okay. They, but I'll find that they'll beg for time to do like Minecraft together and they'll all play together. And so um, at the end of the day, yeah, I think it's okay to unwind this time. They, they, they don't have a lot of other things to do. And as, as everybody's saying, we don't want this season to be like, oh my God, I hated that time. You know, it's more yeah. of a refresher. Like life will soon return to normal where they're going to have, okay, school needs to finish by two o'clock so I can get to activity and it'll be rushed all over again. So right now it's just a matter of enjoying this refreshing time. Mm-hmm. So it's in, it's in essence, it's parents relax. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's what it sounds like I'm getting from um, you three. It's just relax, you know, love on your children, you know, um, do some of the activities the school sends to the best of your ability and the children's ability um, and enjoy the time with them. Okay, so just kind of thinking through also, um, you know, how do you instill Christian values in your children? I mean, I know for me as a very, very new parent, you know, there's devotions. And then also, you know, I used to, well, I still let my son listen to Salty, which is somebody I grew up on hearing and I really love his messages as well as Bible adventures I've found is another good one and rises. But generally, how do you guys instill Christian values in your children? Yes, Ruthen. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, for me, I am, you know, we do devotions together. Um, well, Sean does devotions with the kids in the nights usually. Yeah. But I think over the years, it's looked different in different seasons. Um, At some point, it was shows on TV and, you know, Bible stories. At another point, it would be like devotionals together. Um, At other points, as I get older, I find that it's really more meaningful conversation. Mm, Um, It's demonstration from me, like me having a wrong attitude, me confessing that I was wrong in this you know, seeing them have a similar wrong attitude and saying, hey, see, this is somewhere we both struggle, but we can still reach out to Christ, you know, together on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do a lot more meaningful, like, everyday applying 
the gospel to their everyday moments, you know, that struggling in finishing their schoolwork because that's a struggle too still for them. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, son, I know you are tired. I know this is frustrating, but you know, in our moments of weakness, we can cry out to God for help. So we mm. can ask him for help to finish this and yeah. ask him, you don't know what to do on this test. I cannot help you, but God can help you. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's a teaching opportunity. So I try to look for a lot of teaching opportunities on a regular basis as they interact with each other. I'm a very big encourager in life-giving words, so the way they speak to each other, um, to, you know, use words that are kind. Um, apologize where necessary. I try to be very transparent with them um, in terms of just how fault, failed and faulty and sinful I can be in my interactions and so even when I'm not gentle in speech when I raise my voice when I you know when I fall out of line which is a regular thing I confess to them and I apologize and Mm. you know so I you know try to live out the bible and the gospel with them Mm. in moments when there's like blatant saying lying you know one child punch the next child you know those kinds of things that occur with people children and siblings um I address it in whatever biblical way I see it addressed. So um, if they lie, we speak about what that looks like. And, you know, I try to point them to the Lord in that. We read scriptures on it, um, help them to understand how God sees this. And I try to walk with them through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, In terms of training, I think role play and repetition is you know, a really valuable thing when training children um, in terms of just biblical truths and biblical character traits that you want to develop in them. I feel like, you know, giving them opportunity, even as you read scriptures together or to encounter scripture in different ways or different forms in Bible shows and whatever, to, you know, role play with them, give them an opportunity to kind of walk through it in some kind of, you know, scenario. Uh, Yeah. So those are, I think, some of the ways that I try to teach them the Bible, I guess. And uh, Shine is very good at memory verses with our kids. God has been faithful in giving me memory verses for the children, but mm-hmm. like chapters or that's what's called. Like, yeah. Um, so r- right now we're currently studying Proverbs 3, which has 35 verses. Oh. And um, basically, in or- I find that... It's great for them to study it, but it also helps me to study (laughs) scripture and to hide it away in my heart because I'm definitely a very flawed individual. So, you know, scripture is very necessary. And as we know, it's alive and active. And so many times, you know, God uses the scripture that we're studying to like remind my heart and, Mm -hmm. you know, or teach them. So I found that when we're learning the scripture, what I try to do is we start off with like one or two verses. We discuss what the verses mean and then we study it, but we study it by putting actions to it so that um, it's easier to retain because I have different learners. I have a kinesthetic learner who Mm -hmm. she needs actions to remember things, but I do find that it helps all three in everything. Um, When we do, you know, memorization plus the action. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's entertaining for them, you know, we get to, deal with drama and at the us. same time hmm? <laughs> so yeah, said, and, us. For them and us <laughs> and us oh entertain for them and us um and yeah and so it's just i find that sometimes when we're learning the verses it doesn't stand out as much in the moment 
But like we learned Psalm 91 the other day because the Lord gave me that scripture on my heart to teach them. And it's so funny how even with COVID-19, people are just referencing Psalm 91 over and over. You mm-hmm. know, he'll hide you under his wing. Um, the, he will call his angels reg- regarding you. You know, your foot will not be hit against a stone and all that stuff. So it's, I think that when you learn it, it may not make sense in a moment for them or for me. But um, the Lord will use it and bring it up and it's oh, yeah how, just as we go through the day we're just like okay well yeah we can use this here you know mm-hmm. but how do you teach them though because I, I can't imagine teaching kids and what age did you start um well abeka has always been a big proponent of whatever that word well, that's is. true i teach myself yes that's true <laughs> yeah of like so it starts off with little verses in kindergarten mm-hmm, or one-liners mm-hmm. in kindergarten and i think that's where i got the idea from and by grade one, they're learning like, you know, chunks of verse, chunks of chapters. So like maybe six, seven verses. And so we just continue just to learn the whole chapter through. If that reminds me, as you said, Abeka Salty mm-hmm. has this song. I don't know if it's a Salty song or if it exists elsewhere. And it says, I can't really sing it now, but it says, I'm going to hide God's word. God's word is a lamp onto my feet. And then it goes through the alphabet. Say, A, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So is it, those are the scriptures, right, that Abeka has as well? Right. She, they have something like that. I guess Sarah can more tell it because she's doing it right now with hers. Yeah, they have something like that. I can't remember if it's the exact same scriptures. But I do have something for A, for B, for C, yeah. and so they just okay. like put up a picture and they can recite that scripture okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. And another, yeah. way, to, another way to teach scripture, sorry, real quick, is um, by learning one verse. Like if you feel like you can't learn the whole chapter, even taking one verse and putting a song to it, okay. you know, and so making it memorable. Yeah, I was saying that, honestly, in time of old, they memorized almost everything. So their minds were built. So it's like a muscle. So once you start to, to do memory things with children, it's like their ability to do more, they just expand. Like they, these little beings, they're born as learners. So they just like, you start with them, which is why like, when you see Abeka get up to like grade four and grade five, they're doing like full on chapters in Hebrews and all sorts of something. And you're like, how did you learn that? But the reality is that things are like that. Like we start doing it and it's like we, our brains figure out the best way to retain this. So like Shai has figured out for her kids that, you know, actions help with certain things, but that's, that's kind of how everybody's brain eventually becomes the more you exercise the muscle of memory. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, consistency is always great. Uh, as I said, you have to know your own child and what speaks to them. Some children um, really thrive with the one-on-one and just working through practical situations while you have some other children who really like um, just the routine of things. As I say, my oldest child is very routine, so he feels like he can't go to bed if we don't pray together first. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the mornings when it is that it's time for us to do the Bible time, he doesn't want to do it without me being around. And so he almost forces me. <laughs> 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 to be the person that is guiding him spiritually. So he keeps me accountable. So that has been great. And um, just getting into that routine from he was younger, he, we used to read the Bible together, a Bible story together every night uh, from when he was like maybe two or so. Mm-hmm. And so he was so accustomed to that, that now as he's older and I'm focusing on reading for his little brother, 
he reads his Bible by himself. And so he has been reading through the Bible. He said he wants to read it from the beginning to the end. So he has his uh, normal version of Bible where he has been reading through for years now. Every night he tries to read as much as possible. Um, going through, he enjoyed reading Lamentations and all of those, My word. <laughs> all of those books he <laughs> some, just read through. And, some books you know, Christians don't read really yet. Tested. Yeah, so just the consistency really helped him to just have that be a part of his daily routine that, you know, putting the Lord first in the morning, we pray together in the night, reading your Bible, pray, and, you know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what would you say is the one key, let's say, guiding belief that guides the way you parent and, you know, interact with your children? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Anything about Jesus, you know? (laughs) Any specific thing? Gospel for sure, like Ruthan was saying earlier. Yeah. I think, you know, practically living out what the word actually says Mm -hmm. before them, like, I just feel like that's important to do. Mm -hmm. And it guides the way I parent. So, like, you know, it's very easy for us to lose our tempo. Like we say things two and three times. And then by the time we get to the fourth time, we reach to some decibels that are really <laughs> not right. And Bro, you know, we usually just say, well, the child is hard of hearing. But honestly, <laughs> the Bible says that we're to be slow to speak, slow to become angry. It also says a soft answer turns away wrath. It also says, you know, encourages us to be gentle in speech. And, you know, so you know living out those truths i think really make a difference in how you interact with them mm-hmm. um and you know catching yourself when you fail because i mean you're gonna fail yeah. um but i really try to be more gentle i'm very gentle but very firm so i don't you know there's nothing that i allow to slip that isn't dealt with in discipline in any way but i'm not going to be yelling as a practice and whenever I do reach to the point of yelling, they know it's wrong and I know it's wrong, okay. you know? Um, so it's it's understood by both of us that, yeah, mommy has failed in this area. Um, it's not a common thing at all to them. It's not, they don't take it lightly. Yeah. Um, and I don't take it lightly either. So, you know, I try to really be somebody who is very gentle with them, but I am being very deliberate about training them. Um, yeah okay okay um in terms of marriage now so everybody's at home i mean kids tend to take center stage in this time because there's so much to do by the time you put the kids to bed like you're exhausted um how do you or how have you maintained um or poured in or invested into your marriage at this time yes shy same thing I'm here trying to remain quiet, you know, guys. I'm listening and learning, you know. Um, <laughs> well, my husband, it's not just this time. I mean, my husband works from home generally and I, we're homeschooled. So, I mean, I, we homeschool. So, um, we have a lot of practice in this practice. situation. <laughs> so, um, I find that just throughout the day we get to talk. Little times, you know, update each other on what's happening. You know, if I need a time out, you know, mm. I... I have started to behave oh, not the way a Christian parent should. You know, I can go and get, you know, start speaking to him and get some therapy from him, you know. Yeah. Um, 
therapy, you call it these days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever you need in the moment. But uh, <laughs> definitely when the kids go to bed at night, we make sure that their, their bedtime is at a decent hour. And so we can um, spend time together every night, you know, just basically downloading what's happening in our days, listening to each other, asking questions. And then we tend to either watch a movie together or a show or a series or something. I think one of the things that we try to do is establish a weekly date night. And I think even as we're home, we still want to keep those date nights. And how we facilitate them is really to ensure our kids are in bed earlier on that night. Okay. And we do something meaningful together. And meaningful use can be, you know, looking up uh, on Google, questions to ask your spouse. You just spend some time talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, phones are away and we're looking at each other and we're having good conversation. There's also, you know, if you guys that's have what you a, call it these days? Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> There's also, you know, a show that you guys may enjoy together or, you know, there's there's home date nights, you know, ideas online. Okay. I mean, one day we, Sean and I, we did tube a dance, Latin dancing at home together. Um, there's board games you can come on and you just play together. But really, it's just choosing to zero in on this person. A lot of times, too. If things are burdening us, we offload in conversation, but we offload in prayer together. We take that time. It's like sometimes you can go for the week and you're not managing, but you're like, gosh, that day is coming. So you can keep going. And then when the day comes, even some of the conflicts you may have had in the week with your spouse, to be like, babe, honestly, I couldn't, you know, we didn't do this well. And, you know, we can talk through it. And it gives us the opportunity to kind of just because there that would be you know i feel like that recharges my marriage yeah um on a daily basis we do try to have a conversation we try to interact in physical ways um touching when he passes me you know i'm not speaking as intimate as sex but um even just day-to-day hugs in this time everything is you know when he comes home he can't touch any of us so it's go and bathe and whatever, but not rem- not forgetting when he comes out to that bath. Yes, kids, go hug up your father. You know, let's, you know, we hug, we try to kiss, we try to hold hands, you know, do stuff together in intimate ways. And then absolutely enjoy the physical intimacy with your husband on a regular basis weekly. Um, on a think- regular basis weekly. weekly. Yes. <laughs> um, I think, you know, that will do a lot for marriage i think another another thing that i try to practice is encouraging my husband um whether it is with the word or even just the way i speak to him or speak about him to the kids um i try to use very life-giving words i try to encourage i try to pray for him um as you know he's working he's going out um he can't stay home the entire time to work from home and so you know there's just praying him through that um protection guidance direction how lord you know how can he thrive in where he's being placed right now um so yeah there's just opportunities i think to focus your mind on caring for your husband i think prayer is a really good tool for that um and you know speaking life over them and just being encouraging in the way you speak in the way you respond when they are speaking to you so in summary put the kids to bed early (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's about right. 
<laughs> okay, so as we come down to close, you know, um, you know, so we've spoken about time with the kids, time with the husband. Uh, but what about ourselves? I mean, we've we've we're spent <laughs> in our time with the spouses, you know, if, if husbands are listening to this as well. You know, but, how you know can what? you get breaks alone? On, yeah, I think dependent on the age of your child. This is a really hard, like it's a very different answer for different stages. Yeah. Um, I think when you have younger kids, the time alone part is a lot harder to accomplish. Okay. Um, I would say nap times, utilize if they are younger, ensuring that they do get a nap time every day. And if okay. they're even younger, two nap times. Um, but like in the toddler years, up till when they're four, possibly like four and a half, you can still implement a nap time. Um, and it doesn't even have to be they sleep. It's just you must stay on this bed and don't come off for the next hour and a half. So, you know, usually they end up falling asleep. That's the truth. Yeah. But yeah. I think those nap times are very crucial. And then sending them to bed at a decent hour, having a routine time in the, in the night, that's reasonable where they do get to bed as well i think those times are good times to be able to get alone time and then there's waking up early it's a hard thing hard discipline but it is an opportunity for alone time i agree especially (laughs) with the nap time the children they're gonna fight and say like my three-year-old every single day (laughs) i'm not tired i'm not tired i don't want to take a nap I told him that he has to take a nap no matter what because mommy needs him to take the nap. Yeah. So he will fight every day. He will fight. But as Ruth said, when I tell him, go and lie down and do not get up. After a while, you don't hear anything. And mm. he will sleep for two, three hours. Yeah. And so it's like, I think definitely not to allow the child to sway you to say, oh, I don't need a nap. And then you feel bad and say, oh, no, it's okay. Because the, t- the child will get cranky on you and say yeah. they need a nap. They're going to tell you they don't need, they don't know. They don't know what they need. You know what mm-hmm. you need and what they need. So stand strong with the naps, mamas. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think even when they're younger and you really are going crazy and it's not nap time, you know, put the child in a safe place and go take alone time. Okay. You know, if the safe place is a crib, if the safe place is a stroller, you know, if you know, take the time. Like, if you're not managing emotionally, whatever, put them in a safe place, walk away, some time praying. I mean, it's not going to be a long alone time, but it might be a needed one. Make a necessary phone call to a friend. Um, you know, just, you know, find some ways to revive yourself in the midst of a very difficult circumstance. I feel like practical tools like that are really helpful. Like, just make sure the child is safe. A crying child will be fine. Um, you know, I'm gonna leave them crying forever. But if you feel like, gosh, this is too much, I'm stressed to my eyeballs, like I can't do this, like I think a safe space is really good. Or even just going outside, like in this time, Jamaicans are really not accustomed to being indoors all the true, time. True. We you know, we thrive on the sun. And so go outside and take some sun. Hmm. Go get some vitamin D. I mean, Americans and stuff, they do the winter thing, so they're accustomed to being indoors a little more. But we are not. We are not that. So, you know, take some time in the afternoons when it's not too hot. Go outside. Get some fresh air. Early mornings before 
it, it gets hot, go outside, get some fresh air. I feel like those things really help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Shy? Yeah, I think it's much harder when your kids are younger. It's still challenging when they're older because even at the ages that my kids are, they still find you. Once you disappear for a minute, they still <laughs> find you anywhere you are. But you can say to them, hey, I'm, I need some alone time right now. So I need you guys to occupy yourself. And you can give them board games. You can give them, you can tell them to go outside and play if you live in a safe area. Um, sometimes, I mean, you reach for that TV and turn it on, you know, <laughs> and then you just take your time. So you have to know what you need in that moment. Like, so same thing, pretty okay. much. All right. Well, thank you so much. I mean, as we close, I'm going to ask you to do two things just to, you know, um, give kind of one tip uh, to the mamas out there listening um, for surviving this time as we are home more. Um, And then secondly, Um, I think my tip um, is really to draw your strength from the Lord um recognize that he is available to help and ask him for help because you know as parents we are given the role of parents from the lord and you know he equips us and gives us all we need for life and godliness and that includes parenting and it includes staying home with our children in this season it includes loving them and you know there's just so much found in christ and i just feel like we need to ask him, ask him for help. I really think that it's an opportunity to see growth in a lot of areas in our own hearts in this season. Hmm. Yeah, sounds good. And after you've done that, then I would say just relax, like get rid of all the guilt that you probably are feeling. Oh my gosh, I need to do this and I need to do that and I need to do that. Just you know, think of this time as more refreshing. Get through what you can, set boundaries, set times for work. And after that time is done, just like, okay, let's do something fun. You know, don't try to replicate school at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, my tip would be try to capitalize on this time uh, and remember the different little things that you always wanted to try and squeeze in and do and you have not gotten a chance. So if it is that you always wanted to teach your son how to, kick the ball stronger, but you just haven't had the time to go outside with him. You know, use this time to say, okay, we can try and do this in this time. So the child will also remember that time as, oh, look, daddy was able to do this with me or mommy was able to do this with me. Or you will not, as Shine was saying earlier, that you're not going to be traumatized necessarily fully from all the effects of this COVID-19 because you're able to accomplish something with your child. I mean, something as simple as I've been buying little baking mixes, cookies and muffins and stuff. I don't usually get to do that with my son when we're doing school, but it has impacted him so much that we are doing this little random baking that even in the nighttime when he's praying, he says, Lord, thank you that we're able to make muffins today. So, you know, just those simple things that you always wanted to squeeze in, take the time to think about it. And it makes you feel, even as Shine was saying, you don't want to feel the guilt of not being able to do this and that. You just being able to accomplish a little task that you always wanted to do is really a good booster of your motivation as a mommy. Okay, thank you so much, ladies. And I'll just ask you to pray briefly. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this time. And um, Lord, I pray that you would, you know, be with us. You would give us your peace. 
and your patience and your kindness and your gentleness as we interact with our family in this season. Um, keep us safe. Protect us from this virus indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Lord, I thank you that you can bring joy out of this time that is creating so much panic and anxiety that, Lord, we can see just hope and love in the midst of all of this. And I pray that each family, each person that's listening to this, Lord, that they will leave feeling encouraged that this season can be one of joy and hope despite all that is happening around. This is me. Amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for who you are and what you're doing right now. Thank you that you're still in control and we don't have to worry, Jesus. Lord, in this time, I just pray that you just bring restoration to families, Father God, restoration to even relationship with you, Father God. Lord, that people see this as an opportunity that we can slow down and really look to you, Father God, that we can watch even YouTube sermons, read our Bible more, Father God, and just really engage with our family. Lord, I pray that you will build stronger families out of this season, Father God, and just be with us comfort us protect us in jesus name we pray amen amen thank you ladies for coming on the show um i think it was such a rich show you know just hearing your different perspectives it's also good to hear just the different experiences recognizing we all have unique circumstances um and you know it's not necessarily that our way is wrong it's just different you know hearing you speak you hear that community is important so if possible finding persons who are in similar situations to rely on um you know to draw strength from also sounds very important in this time and of course really relying on the lord um so thank you so much for participating and for sharing your knowledge and experiences on the show welcome thanks for having us thank you for having us now we're going to hear briefly from our mamas, uh, both in the U.S. and in Jamaica, from Instagram and other social network platforms. Peter says, we have played with kinetic sand, Play-Doh, building blocks, homeschooling, you name it. Ashley says, they both have online learning schedules from their school, Mondays to Fridays, and they do rebounding. Danielle says, we complete the work assigned from school but outside of that we've been doing a lot of hands-on activities diy sanitizer diy play-doh cooking mango picking as well as art tutorials on youtube kathy says we do hide and seek of a specific letter lots of dancing and another game where i lay out some letters and she jumps to the one i call out Chantel says we've been keeping on a schedule we create activities every hour of the day painting bike riding jungle gym reading math and a few online resources like abcmouse.com othergoose.com for some homeschool prompts and ideas we are about to try with some audiobooks as kindle is offering children books for free during this period we do indoor activities such as read, color, type, learn scissor skills, play with Play-Doh, and even have daddy teach some video games during the day. And messy activities are done after work hours, but bedtime remains the same. And finally, Natalie says, we play hide and seek, board games, nature walks, what if games. These are my favorite because they really let you hear your child's inner world. For example, if I was tall, then I would X. If I was 40, then I would Y. If I was a parent, then I would Z. We paint and do sticker artwork, hopscotch, jump rope. They have daddy workout boot camp every evening. They're learning how to cook and tidy up, do laundry, hang up clothes. And if I'm honest, 
as much screen time as we need to get through, but also work that their school sends. Thank you so much, ladies, for sharing your experiences and the things you do with your children. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to Life and Godliness with Joe. It's been good having you here. Remember to like my Instagram page, that is Journeying with Joe, um, and my Facebook page, that is Journeying with Joe 1. And I look forward to hearing from you. God bless. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside.